You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 177, where we will be discussing chapter 7 of City of Lost Angels, A Sea Change. I'm Kristen. No? No. Lo- City what of Lost Angels. What did I Souls. say? <laughs> City of Lost Angels? I meant Lost Souls. I thought I heard City of Lost Change, so. <laughs> Wait. Okay, look, now you're City making me second yeah. guess this. So when we listen to it back on the air, it's gonna yeah. we'll figure out Who what said happens. What? <laughs> Don't know. I mean because uh, maybe I'm just hearing that. Maybe I was thinking that and heard you to say be honest, it in my brain. I say all oh, you kinds did, of things. Oh, I heard you say never mind. I am just being dumb. I heard you say the correct thing. I wasn't listening to the first part. <laughs> I guess. I just listened to a sea change. Like, that's a dumb title. I was just shaking my head and focused on that. You could have said City of Angels. I don't know. Lost Angels is what I heard. I mean, I say all kinds of shit. I don't know. But I was thinking about City of Fallen Angels. It's none of my business between what comes out of my mouth and what you hear. (laughs) Like... I, honestly, it's none of my business. The the transfer from what I'm thinking to what comes out of my mouth either. That's just none. I, I don't have any control over that. It's not my department. I'm impressed by people that do. <laughs> Literally choking and making me laugh so hard. You're trying to kill my best friend. <laughs> That would have been really traumatic. Please don't die on camera. Dude, that's true. We all know your daughter can't answer the phone. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's great. Okay, well, I didn't mean to call her out. Sorry, Audrey. Love you. What a good freaking day. Oh, yeah. I did say my name. Robin hasn't said her name yet. This is the longest Robin pause ever. Oh. (laughs) Usually there's a big count. This one's intense. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Oh, my God. I'm crying. It's been a couple weeks since we recorded. So apparently we needed to get all the giggles out. Yeah, we needed this. Uh-huh. If I didn't look like a potato and had makeup on today, my mascara would be in my eyes. Oh. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, we're all rocking the this standard uniform of mom bun, so it's fine. Dirty. Oh, I don't have a oh, mic. Oh, you do. That's right. They're so together. cute. Yep. I've, I, I have slept on these braids for three days now, though, so yeah. it is mom status. It's impressive. These used to be sp- this used to be a space bun, and now status. it's a, a greasy ponytail. Yes. I really am liking my bangs, but I just feel like they look greasy all the time. It's the darker hair. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the color of my hair. That's what happens when my hair is dark. I feel the same way. Okay, not dark. My natural color. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, darker than like bleach blonde Mm -hmm. is what I meant. Yeah. It's my actual hair. (sighs) Ah. How's, How are you guys? How's everyone's summer been? 
hot. Yeah. Expensive. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's about it. That's all I got. I was just realizing yesterday it's almost the end of July and I don't have any plans to do anything this summer at all. And I'm not mad about it. It just feels weird. Mm -hmm. Same. Mm -hmm. You guys did go to Seattle though. That's true. Thank you. I feel better. Uh You have plans next weekend with Mm -hmm. me and her. Yay. It's going to be so much fun. I need to find out what I'm wearing. Same. It's been a hot minute since Mm. I've been to Mm -hmm. like a concert concert. Uh, Yeah. I've never been to a concert like this before. First of all, outside or also um, where people wear masks. (laughs) Mm hmm. Like the artist. Yes. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Not talking about COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. You've never been to like a Thank Slipknot show or anything? No, I mean, I went to Little Stink when I was like maybe 18, Little you know, Stink. the 94-7 thing. Yeah. And um, it was way out of my comfort zone. And it was, who was there? I, it doesn't fucking matter. I only knew one band because I was like a preppy uh-huh. person, you know, so I didn't, I didn't listen. I mean, you know, anyway. Robin and but I, um, I went. I saw the Muse, which I oh. feel like is a little closer to this genre, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, but they had like a light show. It was kind of like a laser light show almost. It was super cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So outside That's will cool. be neat. I'm hoping there's a beer garden there. Yeah, they're usually be, yeah right. And we got seats because okay. we're not sitting in the lawn, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're old. Right. Yeah. We're too I did. I I sat in the lawn for Alanis Morissette last summer, two summers ago, last summer. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, it was fun and all, but I was like, yeah, I'm not. Like I'm too, I'm too young, to do the whole sit on the lawn and like. I'm too young to experience concerts like that, but I'm also too old to experience <laughs> concerts the way I used to experience concerts. So yes. I feel like I'm in a very strange, like, middle zone, mm-hmm. limbo, mm-hmm. if you will. But by the time, so the lawn plus you'd have to rent like the baby chairs because mm-hmm. I can't sit on the ground that long. I can't sit on the ground for a soccer practice because I've tried to do it before. It's not happening. My Legs are weird. (laughs) We've been over this. It's it's just not in the cards for me. Um, and so by the time you rented the chairs, because I don't have a chair that that's Mm -hmm. that short, it was the same price as the seats. It was like ten dollars more. Yeah, it's like yeah, Yeah. no seats. Plus there's shade. (coughs) There's shade. Plus what? It's August. So yeah, and um, I don't know. Like, I don't have to worry about somebody sitting in front of me that's like super tall because mm-hmm. that always seems to happen to me also mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I have something that's so dumb but for some reason I've been thinking about how I want to tell you guys this little story Ooh, okay. it is nothing but I just realized the other day how freaking adorable it is so every time Cassie she's 19 every time she leaves my house when Lincoln's paying attention he always says to her 
bye Cassie don't talk to strangers oh and I have no idea where he learned that but I just think it's so stinking so cute precious. and I had to share it with someone <laughs> yep. that's adorable he knows he's like she would too so i gotta remind her every time well it makes me wonder if he's overheard us because we obviously had that serial killer in the area Mm -hmm. and cassie and i i obviously would like every time she leaves the house you know i'm like don't you know be aware of your surroundings no matter what time of day it is constant vigilance in your car just yeah always and so we were talking about it a lot so maybe that's where maybe i said that and I don't remember, but I don't know. I just <clears throat> so cute. Maybe he watches the baby panda YouTube mm. videos like William oh, okay. does that look both ways before you cross the street. Don't okay. talk to strangers, okay. that stuff. I've never seen it, <clears throat> I but know. I suppose it's probably possible. He doesn't watch those anymore, uh-huh. but he used to. Not that I need to like <laughs> insert that in, but it came to my brain, so I said oh. it. Cool veins. Very nice. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else, I say uh, let's kick things off <coughs> with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Okay. So I want to preface this by saying number one, it's long because we had a long chapter. So I'm sorry. And number two, I really wanted to find two words that started with the same letter to make this first sentence. And I realized I don't know how to say the second word in the sentence that I picked out. So I was like, either Kristen's going to laugh at the me or I'm just going to need to have to ask her how to say it. Do you it want me to I say tell it. you before you mm-hmm. say it or? No, no. Yes, no. no. Absolutely no. You have to try. <laughs> how many times have I mispronounced words on this podcast? Your turn. <laughs> Enter. Okay, I think it's I think it's denizens. That's, That's what I how was. I'm gonna. Yes. Oh, I'm okay. I was like, it's either denizens no. or denzians. You had it right the first time. Know. You got it. First try. Look at that. Well, not even freaking yes. embarrassing. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> I love it. Okay. Just I went to the thesaurus for that because I, I knew it would it. scratch your brain. Oh, I love alliterating. So you know. I literally okay. have goosebumps. <laughs> I know. I needed to get an extra one in there, and I didn't to make it three, but it's okay. Anyway, our denizens of disenchanted shadow hunters are gathered in their place of solace, Magnus Bain's apartment. We c- we catch up via Clary's internal monologue on their trek over from Luke's pack HQ. I meant to say headquarters, but I wrote HQ. There you go. Uh, followed up, um, followed up jo- by Jocelyn giving Magnus all the deets about Luke's condition. Spoiler alert: It's bad, bad. So bad that Magnus needs to enlist the help of Jordan to break into the Praetor headquarters to sniff out, get it, person slash wolf adjectives, a possible cure. It's a verb. That's a verb. It's not an adjective. I don't know why I said that. That was embarrassing, Amanda. You're welcome. Jocelyn and Clary have a come to Jesus meeting about the whole bound brothers from another mother's thing going on with Jason, Sebastian and Clary's way too intense feelings for her ex brother lover. Honestly, I'm not sure whose side I'm standing on because I kind of see it. Jocelyn way, Clary way. She's the main character energy. Anyway, 
The argument is interrupted by Alec, who's brought up to speed and confirms that he can still feel Jace through their parabrotai bond, but there's something suspect about it. Clary's able to deduce that Jacethin are... No, Jace Tien. That was my... Sebastian. That's their ship yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, got it. J- Jace... Jace Tien? Yeah. Tien. Sebastian, yeah, Jace, Jace Tien. Tien. Yep, Jace Tien. hmm Are most likely traveling interdimensionally which uh, Magnus gives us the ins and outs of. Enter Brother Zachariah, who has an update on the runes and ceremony he believed Lilith used to wake up her pseudo-son and twin him with Jace. Somehow, Sebastian ended up as the top in their relationship, so Jace isn't doing the evil shit willingly. (laughs) Jocelyn comes up with a plan to ask the Iron Sisters to help them find a weapon that could sever the tie between the boys and make it so they can MDK Sebastian while leaving Jace whole. She's going to take Izzy with her to be her shadow huntress in good standing because Clary needs to stay hidden so she doesn't get sister napped. Clary takes this as well as you'd expect and has an aerial, but daddy, I love him moment, and then storms off to her room, but not for long as she decides to portal Oyster right out of there. Whoa. Then we have a snippet of Simon who takes... Portal Oyster, you're just going to go right past that? It's it's an episode title. It's canon now. It's in in the codex of Downworld or Dish. (laughs) Um, But what I should have said is she slips into... Slides. Too far. She... Just... Okay, <coughs> excuse me. Wow, this is a shit show and I love it. We have a snippet of Simon. I'm going to repeat myself because I don't remember where I was. Who takes a meeting with Raphael who's trying to make him an offer to be his personal daylighter bodyguard because he's worried about Camille trying to stake him during the day. And I thought it was really funny for saying stake yeah. instead of kill. And then I went back to see about the other vampire because I couldn't keep it straight and I couldn't decipher from your... Um, writing amanda and um they use that term in the book so i'm not original or cool you are you are simon is quick to say no dice Raphael's friend alludes to knowing more about what in the fuckery is going to happen to the world and warns simon that soon all the shadow hunters will be gone along with their runes and simon will be all alone with no one and nothing to protect him and then his unlife will be in peril you'd think we'd be wrapping up by now but as I said, this is a long-ass chapter, so we're quickly going to go over the Jordan-slash-Izzy interaction that happened at the end. <clears throat> Basically, Izzy comes over to the apartment looking for Simon, but uh, ending up in a bottle, confessing her feelings to a slimy Jordan who is all uh, about wanting to have sexual <laughs> relations with that woman. Uh, <laughs> all while pining over the cata- craptastic way Maya stormed off on him earlier that night. Jordan gets her to see that even though she's smitten with Simon, he probably doesn't realize it, so she should tell him how he feels, which she makes to do, but Jordan tells her to put the brakes on because she's too drunk to go looking for Simon at Luke's, where they think he'd most likely be, and she ends up falling over, and mm. that's about that. Luke. I, mm-hmm. I'm still, like, I, I, I know we talked about it a lot last week, but, like, I'm still not sure... Or not last week, but two weeks ago, whatever. I just feel like that whole scene with Izzy and Jordan makes no sense. Like, 
I don't know. It just felt yeah. very yep. like out of character for both of them. Not that Izzy wouldn't behave like that or fall back on like um, old habits or like, you know, toxic, you know, kind of like coping mechanisms and stuff. Like she clearly has a massive fear of rejection. She's got like, you know, rejection, whatever you call RSD or whatever. She definitely has rejection sensitivity, but I don't like, it just, it doesn't track with the rest of how she's been behaving. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel like there, I don't see the main trigger that caused this. I guess I feel like this behavior would have made more sense two books ago. Okay. It was very plot driven. Yeah. Because we needed to like she needed to be there. move on yeah. to the next thing. And because um, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, but the end of this chapter, it mm-hmm. says it's we're on to part two. Uh-huh. Like we've moved on. Right. So it's like she need they needed to get there. Mm-hmm. Clary's busy. She can't have the conversation with Clary. She's busy in, yeah. in the book, in the plot. I mean, not like whatever. Maya would be mm-hmm. weird because they haven't made girl talk. Alec is busy. She can't. So there's no one for her basically to have this conversation with. So the only person yeah. that was left was Jordan. And I think that's why they had they it. But I do this conversation feel like... without it being sexualized in that way. Like, you know what I mean? Or uh-huh. even if like Jordan hit on her, like it just doesn't make sense that she would be into this behavior. Like for me, I feel like well, if it was somebody else, she it's would. It's almost like. But with Jordan specifically. I just think it's more yeah. like, look, I've changed. And like as the reader, like I can like, okay, this is going to make them sound like they're real people. They and I'm are. sorry, not sorry about it. Um, Like on her merit alone, mm-hmm. I believe you. If you say that you've changed, you are in love with Simon. You don't feel like you, you know, normally we would mm-hmm. want to cheat or do whatever or find someone else mm-hmm. you're a mara alone i believe you izzy has not been a mm-hmm. unreliable narrator ever but it's almost seems like this was like i'm gonna prove to the reader how much isabel's changed by putting her in this situation and have her saying no see look you watched her do it look she's actually yeah. changed now where it's like i i wouldn't have needed that as a reader to mm-hmm. believe her feelings right. like i didn't need to see it written out on the page if Izzy would have had a conversation with Alec that was just like oh man I'm so like I want to hate this guy but I don't and like you know Alec is kind of in a relationship with someone that's taboo to be in and you know Simon's a taboo Mm -hmm. because he's a vampire like her connecting with Alec on a higher Mm -hmm. level having that conversation about the relationships and her, like, saying to him, like, oh, my God, normally I'd, like, have this destructive behavior. Or I want to do this. And I don't, I think, would have been better yeah. than this was I think, weird. I, I think the thing that just got me was that, like, she had to almost fail to succeed. Like, that's what got me. It wasn't that she, he hit on her and she was like, uh, nah. Like, and then, like, it unraveled the reason why she said no. She was into it at first. And I'm like... I don't know. I just don't feel like, I don't know. It just. Mm -hmm. Or she was trying to, to me, it seemed like she was Mm -hmm. trying to do it 
And she was like, right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so, like, I'm going to do it. And then yeah. she's like, ah, I just Which can't. I, get, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I just, it just felt weird. especially, And also, it felt weird for Jordan. It didn't feel in this character of who we, we've been seeing him as that he would, like, the whole thing is that he's We had to get that pining. story part where he had to think about how he's only kissed Maya or whatever. Which I don't I so don't buy for a second. I don't buy for a second. I don't if, either. if he was that easily swayed by Izzy's like swinging hips and a bottle of tequila, I don't right. believe for a second that he's been pining for four years and not hooking up with anyone while he's had no contact with Maya. Absolutely. And she's that high on his list and he hasn't even like went to look for her. Right. I also just yeah. arbitrarily mm-hmm. said four years. I have no idea how long it's been. <laughs> yeah. You robin That's fair. <sighs> I don't know. It's just one of those things that, like, people <coughs> don't behave according to character in real life all of the time. But when it happens in fiction, it, like, grinds my gears. <laughs> When you're picking apart a story right. for a well, podcast. When when the character is not like presented as like a chaotic character. You know what I mean? Like someone who would be behave out of the norm or whatever. I just I don't know. I feel, I think most of it is my feelings are hurt. I feel a little betrayed by Jordan right now. I feel like <laughs> I thought he changed. I thought he was, like, being a good dude. And this just goes, mm. like, literally, it just makes me go, mm, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> You're gross. You're a gross uh-huh. boy. You're... I thought I liked him. Yeah. I thought you were different. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> he None is like other boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take two. All right. So finally, a talkie scene. Um, I love the little glimpses into the paranormal normality. Like Clary mainlining coffee as she waits for her bestie. Like that's such, that could be in anything. But the fact that she's doing it Uh in a cafe that also serves blood milkshakes makes me happy. (laughs) Okay, I have a question. Yes. Have we, I'm sure that we've talked about this and I am sure that it is animal. But it's animal blood, right? Mm-hmm. So they probably have like a butcher in the back or something, so they it doesn't look weird. Yeah, or something, probably. you know. Or it's I guess it um, could be glamoured. Do downworlders do glamours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why am I asking this question right now? Why is that coming to my mind? They do. Yeah. Because like warlocks yeah. have warlock marks that they have to glamour and stuff. Right, right, right. Duh. I guess I was more mm-hmm. mostly thinking about werewolves and excuse me i apologize personally <laughs> all right how dare you not use the right terminology <laughs> i feel like person slash wolves have the mm-hmm. least okay. amount of that stuff because like the right. vampire hypnosis right. sort of thing yeah um all i feel like i've ever wanted in life mm-hmm. it's a very broad statement i would really love a gilmore girls style cozy tv show but it's yes. paranormal uh-huh. yes. okay. setting. Like 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 Tacky yeah. would be like Luke's diner and like the whole town is paranormal. And it's it's nothing like 
humans are trying to get us and this da 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 da. It's just like, just a like cozy an episodic show where all of the characters what happen kind of to hijinks. Be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. That is funny. Kind of. That's why I like yeah. Monster High so much. <laughs> I mean, it does have a little bit of the human normie whatever stuff, but mm-hmm. I still love Monster High. I want something like that. It's just a show, regular setting. Yes, like Third Rock from the Sun. Paranormal. No, because they have to hide. Anyway, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I get what you're putting. Yeah. In. Well, and they're in human. That's true. Form. Like, mm-hmm. they're right? Like, where they're not in their place. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Con- do Please continue. Do. Okay. Um, okay. So, yes. Uh, so, Simon walks in from the cold, sporting a zip-up hoodie, like Edward style, because he doesn't feel the cold. Because um, his skin's like ice. <laughs> and he's described as wearing engineer boots, which gave me pause because I had no idea that engineers had a specific foot apparel requirements. Like, I was like, what? So then I Googled them and they're just like pirate style motorcycle boots. Like the motorcycle boots with the buckles. That's not what I would have oh. And I'm like... What does this have to do with being uh-uh. an engineer? But then I remembered that it probably meant like an engineer, like like a like someone who like does like heavy machinery, right? Like I'm yeah, thinking a thinking software engineer. <laughs> <laughs> like his uniform or New Balance. Like he doesn't need steel toe boots. <laughs> uh-huh. He's in the yeah. white in bees. I just can't see him wearing the tall ones, though, right? Like, they've got to just be, like, I'm I'm picturing more of, like, a hiker-type style <laughs> boot, you know? Like, well, no, this, that, this uh-huh. is Izzy's influence. I was picturing, like, Doc yeah. Martens. With a red, yeah. okay. red oh, zip-up hoodie. Right. That's right. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, Bo, let's do this. Okay. So fresh off his. So if we know that, I'm so no, sorry. Okay. I am going to continue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think what year is this? He's not wearing skinny jeans. No, yet. it's 2008. So they've got to be under. She just Clary must just know his shoes, right? Like I know what shoes you guys would be wearing. Well, yeah, like he could be wearing like boot cut. So like you just see like the top, like. Uh huh. I mean, he is wearing boots. I'm matching him in flare <laughs> jeans not now. Flare jeans. Jenkos. But this is also I know like he's 2008, not. 2009, so this could be skinny jeans. The start of skinny yeah, jeans. Yeah, this is yeah. full on emo, like scene kid era. Yeah. He could be wearing like gray That's skinny fair. jeans. That's fair. <laughs> That's it. That's what he's wearing. Yep. Okay. Got I'm it. glad that we could resolve this. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, fresh off his meeting with Raphael in gray skinny jeans, uh, Simon joins Clary, noticing immediately something is wrong. But before she can divulge her latest drama, Jace's ex, Kaylee, arrives to take their order. And after a quiet little face-off with the fairy, uh, they return to their earlier conversation and Clary explains like everything that had happened with Jace from waking up with him in her bed to shacking up with Magnus, like the whole, the whole nine yards. And since all boys in YA books tend to toward like moody self-loathing, Simon immediately blames himself for ever biting Sebastian and opening up the proverbial door for him to reanimate and wreak havoc upon their world. Once again, he's like, this is clearly all of my fault. All every last bit of it. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And Clary, of course, reminds, (laughs) thanks Amanda. (laughs) 
Peters reminds him that he did that all under duress to save her life, uh, which seems to nullify him a bit. Um, besides, she doesn't have time to, like, muck about with his sulky teen feelings. Like, she has a plan. Um, naturally, Simon is leery of this plan concocted by his oftentimes suicidal best friend. He's like, mm, yes. your plans are bad. <laughs> like, objectively bad. <laughs> It turns out Clary is getting better at the covert ops game because uh, she actually did take the rings from the library at the Institute. Uh, but she explains after seeing Jace with Sebastian, uh, she realized that giving them to the queen wouldn't help her. Like she's like, that's actually not in my best interest to give her what she wants because she's not going to give me anything because I already saw him. Right. <laughs> nice. And so she's uh, <clears throat> so Oh, so, so she didn't think that the queen could help them get Jace back. So she lied and kept the rings in case that they had use for them. And guess what? Her plan revolves around said rings. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, like, honestly, what would... Izzy lives there. She could just walk in and be like, I'll grab them real quick. No big deal. You know, and they're gone. And she's going to know she's a big fat liar. Yeah pants are on fire (laughs) um again simon is less than convinced of clary's sanity uh, as she produces the rings in a restaurant where her waitress is also a handmaiden to the queen that she screwed over to keep said rings yes like seriously it's like you guys have never committed a crime or broke a rule before like be better at covering your tracks like this is i'm so disappointed it's so ridiculous like, there's no way. Uh-huh. I was better at crime when I was 14 than these people. <laughs> I turn my phone off when I'm going to tell just a keep story saying crime. that's not even that bad about a person. I just feel bad. But I'm talking about them. <clears throat> <sighs> What'd you say, Robin? <laughs> I just like that you keep using the word crime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Whether it was a misdemeanor or a felony, it was still a crime. (laughs) Okay. So, Okay, so anyhow, despite his misgivings, Simon agrees to try out their new super secret best friend rings, uh... And to no one's surprise, the extremely powerful magical artifacts (laughs) work as well as advertised, (laughs) allowing them to communicate telepathically. So she's like, oh, my God. Like, it was in, like, basically a fucking museum. Of course it works. Like, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And Uh also, again, I think we talked about this when it first happened. Why did the queen tell her what they do? You know, it's just like, you're just tempting her to keep them. Uh Right. Yes. Plot. What? She couldn't find it out in a story. Like, why does she want these rings? I gotta know the cheese Mm -hmm. may. And then find it out. Or there's like a plot underneath them that says what they do and who they were acquired from. Oh, unfortunately, this aids Clary's delusion that her plan to abscond with Jace and her big brother to a pocket... to a pocket dimension and use the ring to spy and communicate with Simon until they can find a way to sever the bond and free Jace from whatever demonic possession he's 
under. Like, she, it makes her think that this is, like, a great idea. She's like, oh, cool. Things are going to plan. I'm into it. And I'm like, honey, we're, like, we haven't even started the plan yet. Like, <laughs> right. She's way overconfident. Uh, Simon is a uh, no-go for Project Runaway. Uh, but Clary is determined, um, and she'll do it with or without Simon's help. Triple snap in a Z formation. Yeah. I mean, the sad part is we know she will, which is just right. so dumb. Unfortunately, uh-huh. through the back and forth, Simon realizes this as well. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like, I don't care about my safety. I care about you. But Clary's unmoved. She'll do whatever it takes to save the man she loves, damn it. She's like, "Uh uh-uh. I love him. I'm doing it. And Simon and Clary have that obligatory, like, uh, what would you do for love, YA fantasy romance conversation? And I'm going to read a little snippet for you. I would do anything for love. <laughs> Wouldn't you do anything for the people you love? <laughs> I'd do most any, almost anything for you, Simon said quietly. I'd die for you. You know that. But would I kill someone else? Someone innocent? What about a lot of innocent lives? What about oh, the whole world? Is it really love to tell someone that if it came down to picking between them and every other life on the planet, you'd pick them. Is that, I don't know, is that a moral sort of love? <laughs> love isn't moral or immoral, said Clary. It just is. <laughs> so Simon goes on to talk about, like, the actions that you take or what matters and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm over here like, girl... There's a reason we read dark romance, okay? We read dark romance because we want the villain to be like, no, fuck everybody else. You're the only one I care about. I will murder this entire town just to save you. (laughs) Yes, that's the love we want. (laughs) I'm so sick of this noble, like, I'll sacrifice my love for the greater good. No, I want you to be bad. And, like, I mean, maybe it's because they're in a different situation. Like, they've been through the war or whatever. But, like, I would give either of you a kidney or, like, bone marrow or a lung if you can do that. Half of my brain. Not that there's much of it. But, like, I don't know if I'd be, like, kill me instead. Like, maybe if we were in a, like, kidnapping situation, I would try to protect you for sure. But on something like this, he just is making it seem like, I don't know. I don't know. Don't take the girl. <laughs> don't take the girl. Anyway. I just want you to I don't know, know, both of you, that we if we were in a life or death situation, I would kill for you, both of you. I know it's not a hard leap. I, mean, I know, I know I you're like, like, yeah, would... Kristen, we could have gathered uh-huh. that. <laughs> yeah. We know. Uh-huh. Right. You're a fucking lunatic. Uh-huh. Right. Well, I I feel like it would be I don't know. I don't know what I how I would feel because right. I'm not in that situation. But I feel like maybe in a you know don't uh like I'll be the one to press stay back and press the button that stops like the Armageddon. nuclear device. Gotcha. You go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I could like I would I think I would do that, but not where it's like, okay, you pick. 
Amanda oh, dies or you die. No. Quick. Over here. No. Who dies? No. I'd be like, kill me. I'm yeah. done. No. Mm-mm. I won't do that. No. Yep. But. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we all want to be Opie. <laughs> I was waiting for Robin's response. <laughs> oh, okay, where are we? Oh, yes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Simon ponders this, um, like, because she's asking him, she's like, well, yeah, like, Jace isn't who... Like, he's not my Jace. Because that was Simon's, like, argument. He's like, he's not even Jace anymore. Like, are you sure you want to go through all of this for him? And she's like, what is it? Like, hopeless? Like, what am I supposed to do? And so Simon kind of, like, ponders this. uh, But hopelessness is never something that he would consider for himself. Like, as describing himself. Like, he doesn't feel like he'll ever be hopeless. And I'm going to read this little excerpt because I really, really liked it. I'd never say that. I'm still Jewish, you know, even if I'm a vampire. In my heart, I remember and believe even even the words I can't say. And he tries to say God, but he can't say God. Um, he choked and swallowed. He made <clears throat> he made a covenant with us, just like the shadow hunters believe Raziel made a covenant with them. And we believe in his promises. Therefore, you can never lose hope. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking murder this word. Hatkeva. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's a Hebrew root, Hebrew word. And I assure you that I said it wrong. There's no way that I got that right. Um, so because if you keep hope alive, it will keep you alive. He looked faintly embarrassed. My rabbi used to say that. So again, we've talked about this. I really love these little pieces of unique Simon-ness, you know, because too often in YA, all of your characters basically have the same fucking personality. And I, oh, okay. I really like mm-hmm. that Simon is, has like a different frame of reference, like a different perspective, a worldview to look at things mm-hmm. and like gives there's like it's like a solid foundation right there's like a reason why he has a different perspective and it does shift kind of everything anyway I really liked it and that to me explains Simon's like who he is as at his core like we've seen him he doesn't give up he'll do anything he goes to any lengths you know whether it be you know, on the boat, whether it be in the war, whether it be, you know, on the roof with Lilith and everything, like Simon really does have... In the kitchen with a (laughs) candlestick. He has has this enduring quality about his personality that even when he was in prison, you know, there was still even the hope like the 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 lack of good outcomes there was still something in him that like felt like he wasn't going to give up 
And I really like that about him and it makes sense for who he is. And then I look at Clary and I'm like, why are you so stupid? Yeah. <laughs> I do agree with that. I'm like, if this is your best friend, nothing rubbed off on you? I mean, they don't even really have anything in common. It's weird. Right? I think the only thing they had in common was like comic books. Yeah. Oh. A couple of besties. So reluctantly, Simon relents and uh, he's beat down by, in in the way, you know, like only your bestie can beat you down, right? Like there's, <laughs> that person can just pick away at your resolve until there's nothing left. That is a, a good right friend go. and a bad influence. <laughs> they are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully simon has the mark because it's not gonna be pretty when he has to break the news of clary's departure to all of their friends because <laughs> she's like oh yeah by the way i'm not telling you bye <laughs> <laughs> okay so jordan wakes up to maya banging on his front door at 4 a.m he answers it and clearly doesn't even remotely expect it to be her at the door. She has a backpack with her and he internally worries that because she has a backpack, she's leaving town. And of course he thinks it's because of him. And I'm He's like, so yeah, conceited. she's leaving town because of you. So she's coming to warn you. Right. For like, sure. You're so <laughs> stupid. You're so dumb. So Izzy comes out of Simon's bedroom asking who's at the door and Maya sees her in just a t-shirt and, um, Jordan doesn't have a shirt on, so she um, asks if Izzy's there to see Simon. And Izzy's still pretty buzzed, and obviously it's just woken up, and she's confused. So she's like, no, Simon's not here. Like, what do you, what? Which is a weird thing to question. Like, of course, that would be Maya's question. I don't know. Anyway, I guess I can just let her get away with that she's buzzed and tired. So Maya's getting uh -huh. increasingly annoyed. <laughs> And has to tell them it smells like a bar in the apartment. Mm. And I feel like at this point she's still standing in the doorway. But mm. I don't know. Did she? She had. Jordan had to have let her in. Right. They're not just like she's still standing in the hall. Yeah. I, guess. I, I don't know. I imagine. I feel like she is. I have no idea if this is true. But the way the apartment is set up is how my friend's first apartment was set up. <laughs> Where it's like okay. the door and like you open the front door and the kitchen is like immediately to the right, but that you can uh -huh. see through yes. to the living room, which is right in front of you. Yes. And then like a few steps forward, you take a right. There's like a hall with two bedrooms and a bathroom. Like in my head, that's what okay. that looks like. So I imagine she's like okay. stepped into the like entry kitchen area. Right. And Izzy's yeah. coming from the hall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay perfection so Izzy's like yeah it smells like that in here because it's Jordan's te cheap tequila which is totally the last straw for Maya for whatever reason this makes her mad so um she asks if Izzy is also wearing Jordan's shirt and Izzy finally <laughs> realizes that Maya is thinking <laughs> about them being together and starts to explain herself so Maya starts to go off and talk about Simon cheating on her with Izzy. And Izzy just shuts that shit down real quick. Mm. Pointing out that Simon did the same shit to her. Like, no, no, no. That's not what happened there. You know this, girl. Right. Like, we were both screwed. Uh-huh. And you guys both weren't mm -hmm. exclusive. Yes. Yeah. 
right? either. Guess so. you should get some clarity. Right. Mm. <laughs> so um, Maya decides to get to the point of her visit just like because she needs to change the subject, basically. Like, what's the point of arguing between the two girls? So she's there because she wants to tell them about Jace. She tells them um, about him going to see Clary and Luke being injured. Magnus had called Maya to get to Jordan because Jordan wasn't answering his phone, which is probably another reason why Maya was like thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Like they were too busy to answer the phones. Sort of thing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Jordan knows that there's a chance. Um, oh, sorry. I skipped a whole part. <laughs> So Jordan's kind of put off by Maya saying, just saying he wants you to put in a good, uh, put in, oh, he wants you to put him in touch with the Praetor Lupus. And he, he's thinking it's not that simple. There's like an org chart, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he's not at the top. (laughs) You gotta follow the chain of command. He's like pulling on his collar. He's like, well, like, I know I made it sound like I was kind of a big deal, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm the I'm the Zeta <laughs> male like, I'm in this an chart. Intern, an unpaid intern. <laughs> I work in the mail room. Oh my god! Yeah, basically, there is actually no yeah. savings to send you to college. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, sorry, I was lying. Uh, yeah, so he says that he has a supervisor that he can call it in case of emergencies, but like he doesn't have direct direct access. And Maya's like, bro, this is an emergency. The Praetor might be able to help Luke. Like this is the emergency. So Jordan knows there's a chance that the Praetor won't help because they don't really get involved in Clave shit. But I'm confused because Maya and Luke are not a part of the Clave and they're the ones asking for help. Neither is Magnus. Like, mm-hmm. this just seems right up their alley. I don't know. But Maya, since it's Maya that's asking Jordan, he's willing to try. Yeah. So he decides. What if he's trying to make it seem like it's harder than it is? So then when he gets it done, he can be like, look how difficult that was. Under promise, over deliver. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think some of this was internal. I don't know if he's completely conveying to her how difficult he thinks it's mm. going to be. But. I guess it's been a while since no, I read it. Me too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're not professionals yeah. or anything. <laughs> it's not like anyone's quizzing me on it later. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Here I am. <laughs> Quizzy two times. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. So he decides that they're going to take his truck. Uh, so Maya, Maya's down. Like she figured that that would be the case. That And so she brought her backpack. The fuck does she have in this backpack? Like, you need road snacks? Obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I guess that's what I would have. Maybe her crochet stuff? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I always have my Izzy knitting. finally chimes in. You never know when you need to go on a yeah, car I ride. To, yeah, I get sick. And so I'm thinking about buying the car sick. Um, I'm thinking about buying those glasses that, like, have the <gasps> You should. Around them. I'm interested to see if it works because... Robin and I spend a lot of time in the car, obviously, on Tuesdays for work. So, like, even just reading customers' receipts and stuff, trying to get us where we're supposed to go, sometimes I get sick. So That's awful. I thought about I it. I could not imagine. I mean, not, like, vomity, but I feel mm-hmm. nauseous, yeah. I could not imagine. It's awful. I know. It just started as an adult, too. It's never really, never <gasps> really had issues. That's 
even worse. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that, you'd think that's a off. betrayal of your body. <laughs> How dare it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I wasn't allergic to acetaminophen until I was like almost sixteen. <gasps> It's like it's, it's so it's, weird. Just one day, I started having breakouts. Yeah, it, it's like when you turn thirty and start getting heartburn, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't eat. I love spicy. I can't do it anymore. <sighs> I won't sleep for three days. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Izzy finally chimes in, and I feel like one of the two of them, either Jordan or Maya, or maybe even both of them, were in such deep discussion about all of this. They kind of almost forgot that Izzy was there because <laughs> she was obviously just quiet listening. Um, so she finally chimes in asking Maya if Jace is okay. And Maya tells him that he is fine, that he has disappeared again with Sebastian. And of course she asks about Simon. Um, like where was he when Jace got to Clary? And she tells him that Simon wasn't there with Clary. Um, she kind of jumps into telling her the story about them, like the twinning situation going on between Jace and Sebastian. And um, the clave doesn't know yet, but they probably will soon because the whole pack knows about it now with Luke being injured and someone's likely to spill the beans. So it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously once that happens, Jace will be killed as soon as he's seen mm. just to kill Sebastian. Like no one's going to care about Jace is what Maya said. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, kind of like a child, Izzy's like, I want to see my brother. Maya's like, cool, because um, Magnus kind of figured you would be here, and he asked me to tell you to come to his apartment ASAP. Mm. Which is also kind of like, okay, I believe that he thought she might be there, but, like, why were you so irritated that she was there? I guess because Simon wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know. No, but she said, are you here to see Simon? I thought. No, um, Izzy, Maya and why wouldn't... Izzy if she was there to see Simon. Uh-huh. But, like, if Magnus had said that she thought she'd be there to see Simon, then why is she even yeah. asking? Hmm. Would she, I mean, I guess because Simon wasn't with Clary, so maybe Maya assumed he was at home and Izzy was there with mm-hmm. him. Like, but. Maybe because Simon didn't pop out, too. Like, maybe because Simon didn't also come yeah. out of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, hey, are you, you know. I just, how come Magnus doesn't have Izzy's phone number? It's weird also that Alec wouldn't just call Izzy. Well, and then, but the question is, did they try to and she didn't answer because she was asleep? Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's. I don't know. That's true. Well, no, because not the way it's sounding. Like, she asked me to tell you because you'd be here. Maybe, maybe Izzy's out of minutes and it's not nights and weekends. And so they're like, we got to do it in person. But it was after 9 p.m. It's, but it's in the middle of the night. Yeah, it was in the middle of the night. Here's the thing. I don't know. This is too much. This chain of this chain of uh, <laughs> communication doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. It's uh, like it would make more sense if Izzy was standing there listening to them talk, looking at her phone going, oh, shit. Alec texted me and said to come over mm-hmm. ASAP. Like that would have been a lot easier. Anyway. We jump right Mm -hmm. into Izzy's POV, and we get some vulnerable Izzy thoughts. Um, She's, like, hating to rely on other people because they just let you down. And, quote, and was proud to say that Isabel Lightwood didn't need anyone, reminding herself that she was here because they had asked for her. They needed her. 
I just, I know you're a strong, independent <laughs> woman. You know, all of that. I totally get it. But, like, <sighs> it's okay to need people. I don't know. Like, um, my internal monologue never has had that much self-confidence. So I just can't relate to that part of her as a Maybe person. Maybe that's why I feel what I feel. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So she obviously likes being needed, which I mean, <laughs> it's my favorite. Don't call me out on it, though. It's, it's how I it's how I feel value. <laughs> Because yes. if I'm not helpful, I'm not useful. And if I'm not useful, I'm not yes. worth anything. <laughs> uh, I just have to say that, that that's wrong, obviously. Right. But I still feel that way about myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no. All I can think of is it's like you have to use if-then statements. That's, that's your if-then statements. You are an Excel spreadsheet. Uh-huh. It, that's how you're supposed mm-hmm. to, like, it's a, it's a parent thing also. Like, right. oh, to, yeah, like, cool. stop the power struggle. Like, if if you don't, you know, if your room isn't clean, then you mm-hmm. can't have okay. ice cream. Instead of, mm-hmm. go clean your room, I said yeah. so. It's, the, the, you, they mm-hmm. get the choice and the consequence, basically. <laughs> anyway. Or a spreadsheet on Excel, because yes. I do that. I do use that formula all the time. It's juicy. It is, it's it delicious. It's everything. <laughs> Half the time it's I everything. can't get it to work. And I'm like, Gah! what am I doing here? Oh. Okay. So she starts Izzy. She starts reminiscing about um, meeting Jace for the first time. And she actually think, feels like he had reminded her of herself. And she had thought that when he first came, he would need comfort um, and, like, maybe possibly advice because she had heard his story, I guess, or what they thought was his life story. And um, Jace didn't need that. He was just Jace, so he didn't need any support. And when they were young, Alec used to want to go shadow hunting with Jace without Izzy. And I think we all know why. She had a crushy room. <laughs> but um, Jace stood up for her and suggested that she come because she's a fucking badass. Mm. Is, I mean, basically what he said, right? It's basically what he said. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she finally gets to Magnus's apartment and there's a fire going and it's all warm and cozy, even though there's no fireplace, <laughs> which is just the freaking coolest. Totally what I would use my magic for if I were Magnus. <laughs> and as for she real. walks up, uh, as she walks in, Alec gets up and just, like, doesn't even say anything. Just gives her a big hug. And it's kind of like when you see your mom when you're a sick kiddo and um, you just start crying. Or she just starts crying. You know, same thing, whatever. So he reassures her that it's going to be okay. And she kind of calls um, calls his bullshit. And she's like, how? Tell me how it's going to be okay. And he tells her not to fall apart. Tell me why. Which I think is mean. She's allowed to break down sometimes. Let her have a moment. But that's how it goes. And then he also wants to know if she realizes that she smells like tequila. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. So Magnus goes into why they need Izzy to go to the Iron Sisters. And since the Iron Sisters will only speak to women, and Jocelyn isn't the Shadow Hunter anymore, and Clary is still in training that's apparently their excuse they need izzy 
apparently they're afraid Clary won't ask the right questions or she won't know the right questions to ask. And Jocelyn's been there before, so she'll be able to help Izzy with the questions, I guess. Which I guess explains why Izzy's not going alone. I just I just feel like you could just say, hey, this is their end goal. Get to it. This is what we need. <laughs> I don't know why you would need like a uh-huh. list of questions, but okay. So she's pretty happy to actually have something to work on to keep her busy. And since they aren't leaving town until morning, Magnus shows her his last guest room. Guest room, which is basically like a sex room. I mean, it's like pretty sexy. <laughs> um, and she does point out, like I would have, that um, you wanted me to come over ASAP, but we're not leaving until the morning. You could have just let me sleep. Right. Root. <laughs> this a meeting could have been an email. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Magnus takes his time to go um, like deep with Izzy emotionally. Okay. <laughs> He starts to tell he starts by telling her that he loves Alec, asking if she knows that. And she thinks that she sees where this is going. So she's like, Yes, Magnus, if you're asking for permission to marry Alec, yes. And he gets to the real reason <laughs> and it's that Alec isn't happy. <laughs> and so he goes into this weird speech about some people in the world have like the universe singles them out for good luck and bad luck and or bad luck. And Izzy is kind of lost in his shit, so she asks for some clarification. And he says that he's talking about Jace and Alec being parabrotized. I am going to quote this. I've known parabrotized. Yep, he says parabrotized. So close. They were almost the same person. (laughs) Do you know what happens when one of them dies to the one that's left? Stop it! Isabel clapped her hands over her ears, then lowered them slowly. How dare you, Magnus Bane? She said. How dare you make this worse than it is? I love that she uses his first and last name, even though they're not really him. You mm-hmm. know, anyway, I love that. So he defends himself by telling her that he forgets sometimes that she is vulnerable, like Alec, and she's like, "There is nothing weak about Alec. Like vulnerability isn't weakness." And Magnus agrees that that's not what he meant. Basically, he's asking her. Alec needs her to be there so that she can give him what Magnus can't. Like, she's like, duh. Uh, duh. I'm his sister. Of course he loves me. Of course I will. And he says, (laughs) blood isn't love, said Magnus. And his voice was bitter. Just ask Clary. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. It was not supposed to be funny, I don't think. But I'm just like, that's true. No. Shots fired. Target acquired. Okay. You guys, don't get too excited. But we're moving on to new and different transitions, my friends. Nobody's waking up. Wow. There's no bedrooms involved. I know. It's pretty exciting. Um, Clary is shooting through her portal oyster, landing on her feet, and then quickly toppling onto her back, thinking to herself that one of these days her huntery shadow training is going to have to kick in. Like, she's like, oh my god, I suck at this. One of these days. And in the past two chapters, our girl has really stepped up her portal oystering, and she's been leaving pearls all over NYC. (laughs) 
Okay, that's what she's been doing. They're just little pearls. This time, uh, taking the Stella way from, uh, like, she's taking it from Tacky's to Luke's. Like, she um, she went from Magnus's to Tacky's, Tacky's to Luke's house. She went from the Institute to um, where they met at the park, right? Yep. She's just really, like, I feel like in the last couple books, which I... I, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't remember exactly how all this stuff plays out. So correct okay. me. Like, don't correct me if I'm wrong because yeah. we're going to go over it and that would be spoilers. <laughs> but um, I feel like uh, the three of us especially are like, God, just like with Tessa. Tessa, just turn into mm-hmm. the bitch. Just turn yes. into her. Just turn into the – use your power. Use your power. Use your power. And now Clary's like using mm-hmm. her power and it's yeah. just cool. It's cool that she's like embracing that and she's like, I can do cool stuff yeah. that nobody else can do. I don't need to wait for the subway exactly. or I can just, you know, go wherever I want. Anyway, sorry. That was a sidebar, but I liked it. She is like a rebellious teen going exactly where her mother told her not to for fear of her possessed boyfriend coming to steal her. Like going back to exactly where I'm supposed to be. I don't understand. My boyfriend's possessed. Um, what is it? What did you say? Crime. She's going to go do crime crime. with her boyfriend. (laughs) Okay. Just as a final mic check, she homes in to see what Simon is up to via the fairy rings. And he answers her like, what are you doing? Immediately saying like, because she's like, testing, what are you doing? And he says he's on his way to the subway. Not the sandwich shop the train and she then confirms that like she's at luke's and they have a white person goodbye well it's like well (laughs) guess you know how to get me if you need me i think the most unrealistic holler if you need unrealistic part of of simon and clary's relationship is the lack of like inside bullshit like when she said testing testing like if I did that to Robin, Robin's response would be like, butt face, butt face. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. when you're that comfortable with somebody, like you you can't uh-huh. just have a normal conversation. That's not, okay, maybe maybe we're just not normal. Yeah. Okay. We're not normal. I'm like, who responds with the actual response? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I feel like I agree with yeah. you. I- Listen, I don't think she actually said testing. I think that was me. But she was just like, hey, right. checking in. But what are like, you doing? Even if I did that, I would come up with something more creative. I would and be then, like. Right. How come it's always what are you doing, not how are you doing? Or, you know, I don't know. Like when you answer the phone something. when it's like a solicitor, like you answer the house phone that never rings and you're like, I don't know, Bonnie's blowjob shack. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you bring them, we blow them. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. City exactly. morgue, you snuff them, we stuff them. Yeah. I, I agree. They don't have enough inside jokes yeah. for it to be relatable. I like that. Yeah, I do agree. In common. Right. God. Gotta throw that I keep forgetting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're coming full circle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, this is very much, like I said, I'm going to repeat my joke because now it's stuck in my brain and I have to say it again or I won't. I'll think about it mm-hmm. the next 
20 minutes. So basically, like, holler if you need anything. And then um, they're like, okay, love you, bye. And Clary feels the connection break and wonders if it's how Alec feels about his pair of Batri bond with Jacefer. Like, I wonder if this telekinesis ring is how I feel, like, is how Alec and Jace feel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. But maybe. Like, the way that the connection ends, that's what she's wondering. I don't know. So she trudges up the steps and sits down, putting her backpack on her lap and waiting for her cruel pinch charming. That's what she's doing. I don't know why she made a humph noise, but she did. Speaking of Simon, we're catching up to him. Uh, and he's finally home. Okay. Like, we get back to him when he's home. And he's drinking some refrigerator blood. And I'm surprised that he isn't full from tackies, but whatever. And he's seeing the mess from earlier, noting noting that it smells like I was going to sing this alcohol. Very good. But I I don't know what that's from, but that sound is in. I, I I couldn't name the song or artist, but that sound is in here. I don't. Is it T-Pain? I have no idea. I don't know. I know. Blame it on the juice, right? Blame it on the henny. Blame it on the alcohol. I am not. Now that you're saying that, familiar with that. Jamie Foxx is a singer. Are you? What? It's T Pain and Jamie Foxx. You would if you heard it. See, you got it right both times. I didn't know Jamie Foxx sang songs. Oh yeah, you were right either way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're 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 smart. We'll play it for you later, and then you'll know. Okay, so he makes his way into his room. Simon is going into his room, thinking about how it's his first night sleeping at his house in a week. And he really likes sleeping next to Clary because he feels needed. Everybody likes it. And he's still... (laughs) Everybody. Everybody hurts. That was not part of the conversation. Okay. Um, he's still got like a little bit of ouchies from the fact that Jocelyn isn't threatened by his sleeping next to her teenage daughter. Thinking to himself, quote, Clary's mother apparently regarded him about as sexually threatening as a goldfish. And I just like hardy har har. That's the laugh that goes with that. But I liked it. This whole thought process spins Simon into an Alan Jackson style. Remember when? And um, he's thinking about all the nights they spent having sleepovers. And he takes in his sad-looking room again, everything in its place except for a piece of paper laying on his, quote, frayed black blanket. And inquiring minds want to know, do you think this is Kyle's blanket that was given to him, like, to use? Because, like, I don't think that Simon left his house mm-hmm. on the lamb with a blanket. Yeah. Or, like, do you think maybe he did leave with a blanket and it's one that he brought? Because all I can think of is, like, it's, like, scratchy wool material and that is a giant no Same. for me. Like, I don't want to use someone else's worn out blanket. No. But he doesn't need a blanket, uh-uh. so yeah. maybe he doesn't really use it. I mean, I, it was really hot in my house last night, and I put a blanket on and put a fan on me because I yeah. have to have yeah. a blanket or I, I can't sleep. I don't even like to sleep with just the sheet. I agree. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I needed something, so maybe it's a comfort thing. And I just, because, like, I, I would have went and bought a new blanket or I would have taken one home from Luke's if I had a frayed, scratchy yep, blanket that was not Clary mine. Anyway. Me. No, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but I want to know. Okay. And I bet you guys are all dying to know about the note, not my ex, mm-hmm. about blankets. 
so I will tell you. It's from Izzy and basically says that she's not sure if Simon has got the 411 and what went down at Luke's, but Izzy is at Magnus's and she's scared for Jason Alec. She's never asked anything from Simon, but she is now. She wants him to come over. And of course, Simon gets there on the ASAP and Magnus is waiting for him. He's sitting on a giant sofa in front of his fire with Alec in his head. Nope, Alec's head in his lap snoozing. And Magnus is running his fingers through Alec's hair, staring into the fire. And Simon thinks that Magnus looks as if he's like looking into the past. He looks very stoic, Mm. very pensive, if you will. And I want to be there. Like, I am a thousand percent so peanut butter and jealous. Magnus's house just sounds like the absolute coolest place to be. Mm. It is the place mm. to be. And it makes me think of that one's friend's house that you would go to. And they had, like, the best sofas and blankets and the best bed. And everything was just really cozy and homey. And you were like, I want this. <laughs> I want that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually your rich friend. Yeah. To be honest, to be fair, because they just had stuff that was yeah. nicer than yours. I don't know. But also, like, mm-hmm. the, because the, there's, like, there's, like, yeah, like, richer people, but then there's people who had style. Like, when you grow up poor, like, nobody ha- can afford to have style, right? Like, you just, you get what you get. And uh-huh. it's mixed, mismatched mm-hmm. and eclectic and whatever, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, like... I remember going to a friend's house whose mom, like, actually, like, had, like, a a vibe and, like, actually decorated their home. Well, also because I grew up in apartments and, like, you don't make anything yourself. Like, it's all just, like, you know, it's, like, cookie cutter and then you just, your shit goes in it. Uh But, like, this person had, like, murals on the wall and, like, a theme in every room. Like, they had designed the fucking house. And I remember just being, like, blown away as, like, a 12-year-old being, like, these people are, like, really rich. Like, they got to decide everything about this house. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The the bathroom was... And they had those little things that go in the bathtub that are shaped like... Yeah, the the bathroom was beach-themed. I saw a TikTok (laughs) the other day about (laughs) someone, like... Uh, it was the fucking white people culture, like, you know, the, the puke bowl, right? But the other one was like, you're telling me we don't have culture? The uh, ocean-themed, the beach-themed bathroom is white people culture. <laughs> I think so. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you gotta hear the running waves while you're taking up. It is. <laughs> there has to be a dead sea star hanging up on the... Yes. Yeah. Starfish. Absolutely. That's what they're called. Uh-huh. A sea star. I like that better. Sea star. I like that. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I am pausing to figure out where I was. That's what's happening. Okay. Magnus says that he was expecting Simon because he knows Izzy invited him over and he like just he just points Simon down the hall. He's done being host. He's Alec is like he's like I am not like responsible. Dog, whatever, I'm not responsible. Or whatever you guys it is. Procreate all these little shadow hunters and their little <laughs> just not my problem. He's like a, a fed up counselor who's like I nope. don't see it. I don't see it. I don't hear it. Unless someone's on fire or bleeding, don't come mm-hmm. get me. <laughs> 
Yep. <clears throat> so, Simon's got blood butterflies in his stomach. It's all that's in there is blood. And he's like that Blink-182 song, <laughs> First Date. And I, um, this is not important, but I'm going to tell you this anyway, because I'm sure you're interested. I looked up to see when that song was written, because I was like, there's, like, this was after, that song was kind of at the end of my Blink-182 mm-hmm. obsession. And I was like, I couldn't remember the exact, like, year of it. So I went to go look to make sure I had, number one, the name of the song, right? Because I'm like, that could just be the chorus. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, just calling it the name of the chorus. And I was like, there's no way they wrote that as, like, adult, middle-aged people. But I was wrong, and they did. Just so you know, that song was written. Anyway, um, he's thinking about basically how Izzy's never asked him for his help before. So he feels very wanted, very needed. He was just lamenting about not being able to be needed by Clary anymore because she's gone. And now he's got Izzy, so things are looking up. And when he gets into the room, she's asleep on the bed and Simon stares at her, taking her all in and not failing to notice that she's wearing one of his T-shirts. And he's kind of disappointed that she's asleep because he wanted to be able to talk to her. And regardless, he kicks off his shoes and lays down next to her, thinking about how much more of the bed she takes up than Clary, which is just yeah, fucking rude. Thought so too. That is a rude thought. How dare you? He's mainly attributing it to her height. In his internal monologue, like, she's just a bigger person. Because we absolutely cannot stop talking about how petite and tiny and small and what a baby Clary is. She's just an absolute Mm -hmm. pixie princess. And we have to remember that. And Simon, like, rocks Isabel's shoulder gently, trying to wake her up and catching a whiff of tequila mixed with rose perfume. Which I'm surprised rose perfume is still staying on your body. I can never get that smell to stick on me. Isabel's must be magical. And then he has this little internal Mm -hmm. monologue. Oh, that's fair. Maybe that's why. Maybe. I'm going to quote this. He had been thinking about pulling her into his arms and kissing her gently, but Simon Lewis' molester of passed out women wasn't really the epitaph by which he wanted to be remembered. (laughs) You sure about that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, Simon. What are we doing? Just, uh-huh. I mean, I guess at least he. he if you think, if you, if you. Yeah, I know. Yes. I just. But he. I just didn't like this. Yep. No. I didn't like it. And now you have to not like it along with me. Yep. That those this was punishment for you. Though, I don't I don't know that I feel that that would be like a molester of passed out women. I guess maybe cuz she's drunk. But like just cuddling with her when she asked you to come over, maybe that's just not where they are in their relationship. Yeah. So maybe that. I I think that's more of where it is. I think he's like he wants he doesn't want yeah. her to wake up with him like kissing her. I think, but I, I think you're right. I think I think if if their relationship was in a more stable place, of course that wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of her kissing mm-hmm. him, kissing her on the head. Too, not Same, like mouth kissing while she's sleeping. Yeah, no, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking like a forehead, yeah. like what everybody wants. Everybody, everybody wants a forehead that. kiss. That means more. They do, anyway. Um, instead. 
he decides that he's gonna lay on his back staring at the ceiling um until isabel rolls over and she's like simon you sexy hunk of vampire meat you bag of meat is that you i didn't think you'd come he's a blood bag and he's like of course i'm here baby i love your finger patents just sometimes I get so scared. Scared of being no. a nobody. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a good Adam Sandler, so I'm sorry. That just had to happen. It does not go with this at all, but that's where my brain went, so we went with it. Um, <laughs> she apologizes for being asleep, and he, of course, tells her it's totally cool. Um, even if all she wanted was for him to come over and, like, coddle her while she's sleeping like if, even if like if you don't want to talk you didn't want to whatever i'm i'm here Aww. i got you boo i'm here for you and isabel asked simon to tell her a story which i too asked for but in my experience never get anything cool yep like i mean my kids tell me cool stories about like frogs and stuff but omar never does it he's annoying uh anyway he asks her what kind of story she wants, and she starts, like, singing the 20, 2012 TMNT with Jason Biggs uh, theme song. And he's like, the one where the good guys win and the bad guys lose. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Except she doesn't wow. sing the TMNT part. That but she does say where the good guys win and the bad guys lose. That is deep-ass cut that Robin just pulled out of the, yeah. the, the troves of early aughts pop culture <laughs> i had no idea there was a tmnt movie from 2012 it's a tv show mm. i watched it with my okay. kids okay yeah um your daughter used to watch oh, it yours Kristen. Okay, oh like, i'm, why my I'm daughter sure used to i just watch blocked it. out mm-hmm. a lot of <laughs> uh-huh it's a good show it's on netflix if you're interested it's pretty cool anyway he uh, runs through his repertoire of stories, coming up with fairy tales, which Izzy quickly shuts down, saying that, like, Shadowhunter kids have to study fairy tales in school um, because apparently a lot of the magic is real because all the stories are true. Which um, I always say that in, like, in my brain. It's to the tune of that Lizzo song where she's like, oh, the rumors are true. Anyway, um, she wants something friggity friggity fresh. So Simon reaches into his inner nerd and starts by telling her, quote, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Pulling the if Mac moves kids, out. I was literally just telling Andy this last night. Lincoln's been wanting me to tell him story. I've been actually I've been telling him stories because I don't want to read a story is what I should say, because it feels like more effort. That's how it begins. But I don't have any good stories in my brain. So I have told the last two nights, I told Little Red Riding Hood and Snow White. And I realize I don't know the stories as good as I think. <laughs> so I'm really making things up. <laughs> a little bit of creative license. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's but the remix. Also, this is something that I love about Simon's character is that we do get a lot of like things that I've always wished we got in YA. Like, if you're going into a fantasy world, right, and it's completely different and they're completely separate from the normal, like, human world or whatever, like, 
you're gonna use what you got in your arsenal right like for sure and I like it when they do things like this where it's like clever and like oh okay I'll tell you a story I'll take credit for Uh this one right it's like hot tub time yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it okay that is the end mm. of Sizzy. And we're back with Clary waiting on Luke's front steps, freezing her butt off despite her using warming runes. Which I feel like every time knowledge drops about that stuff, I'm like, so cool. I didn't know they had that. And then they'll bring up warming rooms again. And I'll be mm. like, so cool. I didn't know they had that. So I had that moment here and I just, it would it be would. very cool. It seems weird that it wouldn't work. When and there's literally she's... a rune that can heal like mm-hmm. broken bones basically, but a warming rune wouldn't work. That's strange. Like take a shot of um, house and... whiskey and you'll be fine. A warming rune should work. <laughs> HRD. Yeah. Um, in her, in the story, she's basically just like, she thinks it's more like she's cold because she's mm. mentally exhausted yeah. and like, it's an internal thing that's making her feel this way. Not like, you know, when you're really sleepy mm-hmm. and you get like cold and like jittery and you can't like, nothing's helping yeah. you. And then you you're past the point of sleep. So you can't mm-hmm. actually sleep. Like there's something seriously wrong here. I feel like it's kind of yeah. like that. Sorry. Okay, she's wondering if her beau is going to show up, thinking that if he is still as much of her Jace as she thought he would, like, if there's still as much as her Jace left in there, then he would come for sure. Um, He had mouthed it to her, like, when they were at, like, Luke's earlier, and she knew he meant as soon as he could come, he would come. Because, quote, are you guys ready for this? Jace was (laughs) not patient, and he didn't play games. It seems a very high school possessive relationship. Yes. Thing. Absolutely. Girl, bye. Girl, bye. (laughs) Girl, bye. If you have a boyfriend that you're describing in that way, run the other direction. Run away. Okay. So Clary's sitting on the stoop with uh, borrowed time. Eventually, Jocelyn is going to wake up and notice that she bounced. And then she'd have to give on her, like, give up on her search for Jace for, like, a whole day (laughs) until the next night, you guys. It's it's awful. Which, I guess, this whole story's happened over the course of two weeks. (laughs) So, I'm just kidding. I was exaggerating. So, I guess maybe a day is a long time because this whole book has taken Mm -hmm. place in six weeks. Anyway. She closes her eyes, imagining that everything was back to the way it was supposed to be and that they were, like, going to meet to train this afternoon and that Jace was going to, like, hold her and make her laugh just like always. She wants to live, Mm. laugh, love with this guy, okay? (laughs) And just in the nick of plot, he was there walking toward her and Clary waxes poetic about how he looks like a cat. Always the feline grace with this guy. This is her favorite Mm -hmm. metaphor for him. Is it simile? Is it like your like, ass is simile, yeah. right? And, um, yeah, he's like a cat. 
and um, she saw him. She's remembering about this one time when she saw him in Idris with the fireworks and how she reminded her of angels falling in fire. That escalated quickly. Yeah. She's an artist. You don't know. That is true. You're not in her brain. Creative, creative. <laughs> Great. The juice is dried up here. So he offers her his hand and then tells her that he wasn't sure if she was going to be there after all the madness from that night. Speaking of which, how's Luke doing? The question, of course, makes Clary shudder. And Jace's boy brain must have thought she was cold. So he pulls her in closer. Like, the, I I'm clearly couldn't be the issue here. It's clearly couldn't be the shit that I've been doing and conniving, conspiring, hanging out with, with Sebastian. It's yeah, not me. It's you. So I, you must yeah. just be cold because I know I didn't do anything. And Clary mm-hmm. says that, um, like, Luke will be all right, which I'm kind of like, why wouldn't you tell him that he's not doing fine? Because of the hellfire and whatever the blade yep. they used. And maybe Jace would tell her how to get a cure. Like... Like, try. Like, mm-hmm. they're alone. You don't see freaking Sebi anywhere. Just try to, like, yeah, actually, he's not doing so well. Because then you could just freaking mentally send it yes. to Simon. Anyway, Jace makes a show of telling her that he didn't mean for Luke to get hurt. And then needing to be validated that she knows that about him, right? Like, you know I would have never wanted that to happen. And long story short, Jace is like, hey, boo, are you going to come with me? I'm not telling you where we're going because I'm, like, testing your loyalty or whatever. By the by, Mm. if you do say yes, you can't come back for, like, a really long time. Mm. Why would anyone say yes? I don't like it. Right. (laughs) He's definitely being a little more eloquent than that. But this is, like, I'm cutting. I'm, like, fruit ninjing (laughs) the bullshit here. That's my job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Clary thinks about seeing Jace waiting for her outside of Java Jones, all those long, less than a quarter of a year ago. And she's like, there never has been any going back. Not with you. So Clary is like, okay, guys, let's hit the old dusty trail. (laughs) And then Jace kisses her, tasting, quote, bitter. And then they're wrapped mm. in darkness, and it's Incy. Incy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Girl, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I and that's so it. I'm mad for Jocelyn. So. Same. As a I mother. mean, could mm-hmm. you imagine? She's. In- no. Well, okay. She did it to herself, but. No, I could not imagine yeah. as a mother having a daughter like that. <laughs> well, maybe Jocelyn forgot she could make portals because, like, she should have taken yeah, her story. Yeah. If she really wanted her to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, grounded like a plane, not, like, grounded <laughs> to her room. Like, she should have yeah. taken her Hid them all. But I'm sure she wasn't yeah. thinking about it. She's got too much on her plate already. I don't mm-hmm. know. I know. Okay, guys. Make sure that you read chapter eight, Fire Test Gold, for next week. For behind-the-scenes mm. content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
拜拜。Bye.